everybody. Welcome to another edition of Blast Points Presents, where we are always happy to present to you Tom Spina from Regal Robot as he talks to ILM legends about their incredible work. And this time, Tom is talking to Jeannie Lauren, who this one I'm really looking forward to listening to because you know, Tom's talked to the Phil Tippetts, the John Bergs, the Dennis Murins, but Jeannie we don't know as much about. And she was there. She was part of the Return of the Jedi Creature Crew. And these are the kind of stories that I always want to hear. Well, and this is like the best thing about Regal Robot and these recreations of all these maquettes is it's not just about the statue or the the art piece it's about the people who made the art and hearing their stories and just really anyone and everyone who had a hand in making especially return of the jedi which you know we like return of the jedi a little bit and yeah it's just all of this is so incredible and if you are a big fan of droopy mccool and her maquette of droopy regal robots going to be releasing the Jeannie Lauren's Signature Edition on October 10th at noon Eastern if you want a little piece of Return of the Jedi Star Wars history. It's just an incredibly cool maquette, too, with the classic just naked droopy, no shorts. He left the shorts at home, just sitting there chilling. We're going to have the link in the show notes, but you know what to do. You know, just look for Regal Robot if you've never done that before, and I'm sure... Everything you need to know to get your own droopy is going to be right there on the page. Just letting it all droop out. (laughs) No inhibitions. So on that note, let's let it all droop out here and listen to Tom talking to Jeannie. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We are going to be talking a little bit about our upcoming archive collection, Ruby McCool Maquette. Uh, And this is another signature edition. The signature on this one is uh, Jeannie Lauren, who has joined us today to chat for a bit. Hi, Jeannie. How are you? Hi, Tom. (laughs) How's everything going? It's great. Very nice. Thank you. Terrific. Thank you so much for making time to chat. We have been emailing for a long time, but this is the first time we're like actually having an extended chat. I'm excited. Um, so, uh, whenever we go into something like this, the first thing I do is look at somebody's credits and where they came from and what they're doing to me. That's always fascinating. You have, you have, there's intensive dance, there's puppet experience there. I mean, really kind of diverse credits going into a monster shop. Um, talk a little about that past and, and how do you consider yourself? Are you a performer? Are you a maker? Are you something else? Uh, well, obviously both performer yeah. and a maker, because um, I came into it with a background in puppetry, ballet, jazz, belly dancing, acting, and I brought all those skills uh, in a big bag of tricks from <laughs> brought some big costumes, belly dancing, glitter, uh, puppets, and did an interview uh, with, I, with ILM people. And uh, what was interesting was um, Dan Howard, who was my design partner at the time, mm-hmm. he recommended me for the job. 
So, uh, and some of the work I brought, we had done together. And they just liked the fact that I was a transition between movement and creative. Mm. Yeah, well, and that's, I, that's an important element. You know, it's it's one thing to build something. It's another to build something that has to move or emote or act. Um, uh, I, it's good that you talked about Dan. He's someone, you know, so, so sadly Dan's no longer with us. Um, there's a lot of great photos of the two of you working on things together. I, I, I had wondered, did you guys have a connection? And so you had worked with him prior to uh, Star Wars then? Dan and I had a very prolific creative uh, relationship. I would bicycle over to his house in Fairfax, and he would paint the faces on the first puppets that I ever made. I made these beautiful puppets. They were just these paper mache with the beautiful bodies, but they had no faces. And Dan post Disney. He worked with Disney for a while, and he was just amazing. He would paint these beautiful faces on these puppets. And he launched the Skyana Puppet Show, the Skyana Puppet Endeavor. In fact, he was part of it. And we would go to the Renaissance fairs and do dragons and witches and warlock puppets. And uh, was really had a great time. He was so creative. He, his mind was gone all the time. He, he did illustrations and cartoons. And so he got to ILM Creature Shop first. And I maybe a year later, he said he brought me in and said, hey, I know this girl, blah, 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 blah. And so thanks to Dan. In fact, I have his um, I have his ILM jacket here. This oh, is Dan. That's got, special effects. The revenge. Oh, man. Love that's this jacket. that's so cool. Me. And uh, we were like just dear friends. He was so creative. And yeah, he did pass away. And um mm -hmm. But he had many good years in, at Lucasfilm. So after the Creature Shop, he remained on in different various administrative aspects of the company. Yeah, I mean, you know, it looks like the two of you, um, I, I, for for lack of a better word, it it always looked fun when there's photos of you guys. Were you putting on for the cameras, or was that a fun time? Uh, you know, I'm a bit of a showman. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, you don't want to have your back to the camera when they show up. Every once in a while, this entourage of people would come through the creature shop right. and do documentation. We kind of set it up a little bit, uh, but we were having fun. Yeah. At the same time, it was uh, it was very interesting. Uh, there was a lot of laughing and a lot of intensive, intensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were under time constraints, you know, and, and the stuff you were building was not necessarily simple. Well, um, first of all, my most of the the things we were doing were the background characters. Now, Phil and Tony and um, Tim, they were doing some of the more foreground of those particular scenes, but still we were kind of considered background characters. So one of my, my favorite stories about Phil Tippett is he'd walk <laughs> and he'd say, Jeannie, open your eyes, close your eyes, open your eyes. That's all you're going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I have used that that saying, Phil, for many, 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 many years. That was one of his funniest expressions. So that's outstanding. But it was hard to finish them quickly because we were all perfectionists. We all wanted to get every little scene perfect. We wanted it to look great. You know, we yeah. were so proud of what we were doing. Well, you know, even if they were background, they were still some of them. Like a man, a man is huge. 
um, you know, and and wrinkly, and uh, you know, the a lot of them have different elements of character, and you're also dealing with complex again things that have to move, things that have to acquire, uh, accommodate a, a, a performer inside. Um, did you uh, did your experience as a performer prior inform how you built stuff, and do you think that really helped in what you were doing? I think it did absolutely. My um, my forte was movement and expression through movement through you know three inches of foam and then a piece of fake fur and then you know an eyeball and then an arm or something. So a lot of costumes you'll see some. My, my particular company when I launched Skyana, I called it Cartoons Come to Life. So I could have a you could come into my studio and there'd be. A, a creature or costume just sitting there, but it looked alive. So the first thing that you have to do when you build a costume is to have it look alive. The muscles need to be there, the the, the build out, the, the bulk of it, uh, the wrinkles, like you said, yeah. and then it has to move. So it's one thing to like build in a wrinkle, but if the arm doesn't move, then it works. Yeah. So, so the trick is to, you know, stretch out your character the creature itself and then kind of pull it in and stretch it out and pull it in and stretch it out. And then you, we would, I would skin them. Now I'll tell you a little story about Tony McVeigh. Now he was a master of a foam. Yeah. So we're done. Well, there's so many things to tell you, but like, for instance, Judy, now Judy yeah. did sculpting like that big, beautiful head you were showing on her interview. The big yak face. Yeah. They, they molded it and it was a done deal. All the lines were in it. Everything was done. But some of the creatures, like the bigger ones, they had to be foam sculpted first. So we get the turkey carving knife. Yeah. Tony could take a piece of Scott foam, this big, thick, expensive black foam that they put inside airplane engines, I guess, to filter out the gasoline or something. It's fairly expensive. And he'd carve it up and he'd have a big piece. There'd be foam everywhere all over the floor. And then when he was <laughs> on, he'd have a bicep or a tricep or a shoulder. And then yeah. we would glue these pieces, sew and glue these pieces on. And the real, I mean, the muscles were in it already. Yeah. Now, if you take that beautifully, so beautifully sculpted and all squishy and foamy and throw rubber latex on and then it doesn't move anymore. Well, then you've lost all his amazing work. He was a genius at musculature. I learned a lot from watching him sculpt. Yeah, he's, he's a brilliant sculptor. We actually were just at his studio a few weeks ago. And it is... And um, it's like a wonderland of s small, medium, and large. Uh, honestly, it felt like going to school. It was you know the anatomy and the movement and the power and the flow of these things. Every sculpture, from the tiniest one to the biggest one, had so much anatomy to it. And and it was yeah, he's he's something else. And and a really like understated, quiet kind of guy for the you know building big crazy monsters. Yeah, well, I think a lot of the uh, the the sculptors were actually kind of quiet. I mean, Tony, Dave, uh, they were very focused. Even Judy, Judy was quite elegant and quite uh, Southern mm. Belle. I like to think of her polite Southern Belle. Well, you know, <laughs> very um, polite, yes. <laughs> very focused. me. I'm laying on the floor in the dirt and the brake fur and the glue's all up my elbows and my hair's stuck in it and. <laughs> Had a whole different uh, thing that I was doing. Plus, I'm in and out of it, and jumping in it, jumping out of it, and lining it, putting straps. Yeah. 
because like you said, someone has to get into it safely and get out of it, has to be comfortable and still has to move. So you're constantly, uh, you're constantly uh, flexing, flexing the muscle of the creatures. So I did some of the bigger ones. I didn't work on any of the little tiny ones at all. Gotcha. There's, um, you know, you, we, we've gone through a few folks that were part of the crew. Um, it's, it's always interesting to me that, you know, it's, it's a bit of a boys club, the effects industry, especially in the eighties. Um, it's quite different now, which is cool. Uh, but back then, you know, you look at all of these photos and it's like you and Judy and then, you know, all these crazy guys. Oh yeah. Sorry. Great. She was great too, Patty. Um, yeah, you know, think of, uh, I mean, in a way, they were, I call them the monster boys. I mean, it's like, you know, guys into trucks and cars. These guys were into monsters and they're like little monster nerds. They, they didn't even, I don't they noticed there were girls around. I mean, they were so into what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the stories, you know, of different movies that uh, Phil would talk to and he's mentoring, like Kirk, for instance, Kirk Thatcher. There's oh, yeah. So much fun. Kurt was like, you know, talk about the shop uh, mascot. That was, <laughs> he was a big young puppy dog at the time. He's highly skilled. They stuck him in the, the foam shop, lifting all those heavy moles and everything because he was strong. And so I brought something that he did too. I brought a little oh. something creative. Kurt was so creative. Um, and so they were just into the, oh, well, you know, the you know, they were talking about the early dinosaur and the stop motion. They knew all the history of all the creatures. I knew nothing. I came out with ballet and <laughs> out with the monsters where I didn't have any background on it. But um, but so it was never it was it wasn't boy girl at all. You know, it was just. Right. Monster nerds. <laughs> <laughs> right. You didn't, you know. <laughs> right. Pe people who knew every character Ray Harryhausen ever made and right. normal right. people. Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I know which side of that equation I'm on with the monster nerds, but that's fine. Um, to ILM, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd I had seen Star Wars, the original movie. I didn't, right. I didn't understand it at all. There was like this dune buggy out in the desert. And what was that? What was that all about? Back to ballet, you know, it's like, what? Yeah. But I was so interested in performing and being a puppeteer and being an actor. So I thought this would be kind of a backdoor for me to get into uh, performing, be, get in the puppets. That was one of my pitches when I did the job. I can make them, I can build them, but I can get in them and I can perform in them. But of course, unfortunately, it was all, when we got to London, it was all a very strict union. Yeah, very strict union. So. I never did get to operate any of the puppets other oh. than in the studio. So it was fun. But I want to show something Kurt did. So Kurt yes. was so much. So, so this is like, you know, this is like the typical, you know, industrial light and magic lo logo, right? Yeah. So Kurt made, he did a monster one. I don't know if you saw this. It was like industrial. It says industrial light and monsters. It says <laughs> on the, you see that? It's so cute. Oh my God. That's amazing. I've oh. never seen that before. I love it that and he did that so it was really fun the guy oh was gosh. so creative and so much fun everybody loved him so yeah he he's of open for him he is still a lot of fun uh i don't know if you've seen him recently but he is uh we we do uh i i sometimes get pulled in as a guest at conventions and things and he and i do panels together and it's it is always a blast when kirk is on your panel like that's 
goes, goes, goes. You know? Yeah. And it, it's like, oh, okay, good. I don't have to prepare. I can just hand Kirk a microphone and say, go, you know, and he'll just. Um, yeah. Very the, I'm, I'm going to talk. So obviously the reason we got together to chat is this new Droopy McCool edition. Um, it's, uh, I, I, one of the things we found was this great picture of you with Droopy's feet adding latex skin to them, um, wearing your, your eighties headphones and Yoda hat and, you know, having a grand time. Um, let's talk a little bit about that process, either on Droopy or just any of the, the characters you started touching base on, you know, throwing latex on things. What does that really mean? Well, I brought you a sample. I thought you might be interested in kind of seeing what this is like. Um, yeah. my specialties besides fur blending, which means you put fake fur together so it looks seamless, mm-hmm. but it the uh, the rubber latex skinning of all these things. So a lot of them had, so the boys, uh, Phil and the boys, they'd go out and make, they'd see a fun sidewalk or a crack in, a, crack in the road or something, and they'd put a board around it and they'd make a mold out of it. And then they'd paint, they'd paint latex on, and they'd peel off these skins. I brought you a couple of them to show you. This is what they look like. They're like shriveled. Oh, rubber, yeah. Like, like eggs on jello, basically. <laughs> and you probably can't see it, but you can see there's like all kinds of. Oh, yeah. All the warts and wrinkles. Things. Who knows what sidewalk that came off of or what road. So your job is to take chip 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 away a little bit of a piece that you need and then you have to slip it in between a finger or under an eyeball and make a little pooch or build up a cheek or you put a big piece on but it's really hard to work with because you have to put um barge glue on the back and then you mm. put it on dot foam after tony's done sculpting it and then you lay it down but it's very it's quite a skill level to get it all flat and just kind of where you got to build in a little bit of a wrinkle but but not too much because then you've got to like all your edges have to be all tapered and put down really carefully so there's um there's a real art to using this but uh droopy had a different skin his skin was even more difficult to work with because his skin was um it's called a shram foam at least that's what i called it it's Mm -hmm. a totally smooth uh very small millimeter Almost like a marshmallow, like a a, a, mm. a marshmallow, but but like this, but a marshmallow. So <laughs> it or it didn't have all the lines or anything in it. So the job on that was to cover everything and get each of the two pieces of marsh marshmallow like perfectly joined, and you clip it, a really clean line, and then you join it together, and then you have to stipple it with a little tool. To yeah. Cl- that seam and i think that's one of the things you'll see in that photograph that's tough besides the fact that i brought my yoda to show you my droopy mccool scene i love it this is like recreating history right here yeah yeah and i'll am i know i can't hear you because i got my earphones but you know, you think about the kids today with their their earplug this look at this she said it's a three inch plug yeah you got to to a, a boombox and listen to oh. Alan philosophy and Joni Mitchell and so oh my god so you're on the earth and they're just singing and the boys are making fun of you and they're making faces and singing behind you you know but <laughs> but the um that was my yeah. 
but the ears came from a Christmas and holidays and stuff, uh, different holidays. So we'd get all these swag bags and they'd bring George. We'd say, oh, thank you, George. We'd get posters of Revenge of the Jedi and oh. Yoda hats. And when we first got there, we got the uh, the Blue Harvest hat. Oh, that's outstanding. Got the Blue Harvest hat because that was the code for the, uh, they didn't want to call it, they didn't want anybody to know the name of the movie yet. So it was the Blue Harvest. And then, and then it was Revenge of the Jedi, but then they changed it because Jedis aren't revengeful. Right, yeah, yeah. They just returned for the sequels, you know? <laughs> so we got a whole bunch of these before they even, nobody, you know, nobody got those. It was really fun. So we got That's amazing. Bags of swag. and Yeah, this is like, you've got the greatest closet in the world. There's monster skin, there's Yoda hats, there's nice big headphones. This is outstanding. Like. I, there's a lot of headbands in your photos too. Was that just always a thing for you? Or is it just like, how do I keep my hair from not getting caught in the barge? Away from the glue. Yeah. The glue. Cause the only way to get the barge off is I think it was acetone. So it's oh yeah. Things, we know, you know, and of course they, they did issue us respirators, but uh, we didn't always use them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am the glue. I think I swear to God. Yeah. It's I, yeah, not, not surprised. Um, it's great. Our, stuff. I had to use rubber cement on some things, but in general, to get this to get the skins down, um, it's got to yeah. be barge. Yeah, yeah. yeah really we, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's strong stuff. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, anybody who's been in the puppet business knows barge. Anybody who's ever had to merge two pieces of foam, um, okay. and and in the yeah. monster business, it's just always around contact cement. You know, um, that was all. New for me i'd only use needle and thread i i don't know oh, wow. i'm very you know it's all sewing and so i learned a lot about materials yeah not rubber latex it's like too complicated but for me anyway from a single studio for my studio but um i learned a lot from that yeah. yeah well it's it's like the variety of creatures in that one scene in Java's, you know and you guys were also doing other stuff you know admiral akbar and his friends and all of that stuff but like this was not two or three aliens that are slip rubber masks like you guys did everything from puppets to giant articulated stuff to really over-the-top animatronics to stuff that was static i mean the full gamut, super imaginative designs. Like, how could you not learn? It was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the one of my favorite things in the old photos, aside from the Yoda hat and the headphones, um, is your dog uh, Bear, who I uh, Judy remembered the name. Everybody just remembers like, oh, Jeannie had a dog. It was Jeannie's dog, and and uh, Ju Judy was like, oh, Bear. It's like, yes. Um, well, Bear, Bear was a girl, number one, and I don't oh, know that's how funny. she got to be called Bear, but I think because she was such a big, hairy mutt that everybody yeah. called her Bear. But what were you going to say about it? Oh, no, no. I just think it's so cool that, that you know, she was allowed to hang out with you guys. Well, uh, the, the truth of the matter is it's not a healthy place necessarily for a dog, because in my, my little room where I was, it was just pins and glue and everything. But he had... She had run into a um, a raccoon or something. I don't know. Oh. And her nose all fallen off. So she had stitches and came. So she had to come with me to the studio for about a, a month during just. So she got captured in a couple of photographs, but she wasn't the official shop dog. They, right. you know, they didn't 
dog there. That was but Kirk. Everybody loved having having Bear around, and <laughs> uh, we were calling her Pig Nose because her nose oh. like, nose looked like the pig guards, and you'd come into a room, and then she'd hang dog it when she oh, came in. Oh, poor pooch. But uh, yeah, it was fun having the dog there for a while. It just kind of yeah. lived up. I, I love so John John Berg is one of my favorite people in the world. And it's so funny. You know, there's a great picture of you inside of I think the Bubo costume. And he's got bear and he's just pointing, he's like, that's your mommy, you know, and it's just it's so him to be like right at the dog, you know. Where'd she go? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was a fun costume, the Bubo, frog dog. Uh yeah. I worked on that quite a bit. That was one of my the most hands-on for me and it was fun because you would you were going to chain the bottom of it to the floor and then they were going to cut a hole out of the floor so the performer could get halfway up and then you're like this in it it was really yeah. fun and i would have yeah. loved i wish i could have performed in some of the creatures i and know right I, I i love stuff like that too where you're breaking up the human form you know it's like how do we how do we break this out of guy in a mask and you know, yeah, cut a hole in the floor, and bloop, there it is. You know, basic, basic. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, the, uh, I, you know, sorry, I'm gonna, I'm just resetting my brain after all of this wonderful info. Um, so let's. You you talked about making this stuff. Now it comes time to shoot it, and. You know, not everybody got to do this part of it, but you got to follow the stuff to England uh, to start shooting. How was that for you as someone, as a performer, even though you couldn't get in the stuff to be around that? How 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 was that whole experience? Well, it was really, really amazing. Um, I I was very, uh, you know, single, no kids. And I went to the producer. I said, I've got a passport. I'm single, no kids. If you need me, I'm ready to go. And actually, a couple of the performers got, uh, not performers, a couple of the creature shop people got sick because the, I guess the SRAM, the foam room, people got a little uh, ill, I think, from being shut up in that room for months. (laughs) Uh So a couple of people didn't go. And uh, and I got to go to England. It was so much fun. EMI Studios, where they shoot a lot of major motion pictures. Mm -hmm. R would pick us up in the morning. It was snowing out. We'd have English breakfast. And then we'd go to the studio. And it was amazing. It was so huge. You'd walk into one room and then another room and then another room. And there's there's the captain's um, Akbar's, you know, control room. And over here was, um, I got to see uh, Yoda's little hut, you know, from. Uh, oh. They, I got to meet, uh, I got to meet um, Oz. It was on Frank Oz and Yoda. It was really cool. That's outstanding. Fill up. So uh, every room was, how do you even find, how do you get back to the same room where it was? It was amazing. At one set after another, after another. It's all dark. You know, until the lights go on, it's dark. Right. That's amazing. I Yeah, it, it really has to feel like you're walking into another world. Uh, it was definitely... Uh, mysterious and dark and where am I and what's going to happen and then you know it just kind of you think how could that all come together and then piece by piece you go in in the morning and the lights go on and you know you're handed some things and you help dress some people and you stand by uh we were cooling people off with hair blowers uh with giant giant 12 volt battery packs or whatever those things where you know the big 
big bolt packs on her thing. Cool like air. the cameramen used to have. <laughs> I mean, before everything was, uh, well, Bluetooth and everything now, whatever, yeah. uh, chargeables. Um, and so then, you know, with towels and water, and we just took care of the performers, and everything worked fine. I mean, there was, I didn't see where there was any uh, at the back. Well, we were working one at that time, any any repairs or anything needed to be done. You And a lot of times just sitting around waiting, waiting, <laughs> waiting. All right, let's go, you know, all right, waiting, waiting. <laughs> you know, that they, sounds they like the film industry. They don't pay us the big bucks to sit around. You know? Right. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, hurry up and wait, right? Um, the you know, keeping people alive in those things is no easy task. Like I don't, I you know, anybody who's ever been in one of these suits knows almost immediately you start to overheat. Like it's it is not a short trip from being very comfortable to being extremely uncomfortable. Well, um, I've done a lot of mascot work and I, and I think women are really well suited to it because they can modulate their temperature better. Guys get really hot fast, I think. Uh, I've, I've been in a lot of costumes and they do get hot, not on camera, just regular performing out in the real world. Um, but, you know, they were so careful of the performers, you know, the heads off, heads on, everything was designed to pop on, pop off. So I, I don't think people... The people I dealt with, they weren't necessarily suffering. Maybe some of the little people in Java were getting a little mm. steep. <laughs> I thought the walks were. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't coming out of the suits. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so you did wind up going then to, so coming back from England, now where are you headed? Are you still, you're still wrangling. The thing with the creature shop, okay, you're done, goodbye, out the door. And then I got to go and oh, my God, this is so great. Okay, you're bye, you're done, goodbye, go. But um, uh, I had gotten, I don't know, noticed by wardrobe or something. And uh, and I think uh, C-3PO put in a good word for me, too. Oh. <laughs> so I got the next location, which was Yuma, Arizona. That was really fun because that's what we saw. You know, that was the Hans is frozen and he falls, you know, he comes out of the frozen block and we saw stuntmen break their leg and we did dune buggy rides up the hill. It was really, it was really fun. It was, it was a couple that of weeks. That set was oh, amazing. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, it was a real set too. They, there wasn't in those days, you know, it wasn't all, what do you call it? Did you know, digital or whatever you want to call it. It was like a real sand pit and real plywood with like rubber teeth, you know, so when the, <laughs> The stunt man, you know, when Jabba pulls the thing and he go, ah, and he falls down the down the chute. Yeah. Uh, the guy's really jumping off the edge of this plywood thing. We lost two seconds. The hospital on they finally because the angle was too sharp. Anyway, it finally worked out. Yeah. But it was really fun. I got to meet Chewbacca. It was so sweet. And uh, uh it was really fun. And um See what else happened at that one. Yeah, that was really fun. Was really I always uh, Chewbacca is one of those uh, costumes. So we've built Chewbacca costumes for Lucasfilm uh, over the years for their tour suits and stuff. And we've built Chewbacca at uh, Regal Robot and even at my prior company for other companies. So our studio at the moment we've got two life size Chewbaccas and about ten heads going. And uh, and over the years, we've we've literally done Chewbacca, to, you know, tons of times. He's one of the hardest things to get right in the world. And I got to meet Stuart and Kay Freeborn years ago and talk about it with them. And I've got to meet Peter Mayhew and talk about it. And to me, 
the most amazing thing about that costume is there's almost nothing to it. You know, it is yeah. it's like a, a mohair you- sweater, um, hand-tied fur, and Peter. And yeah. it's so flexible, and it's all performance. Um, and you never once doubt that he's a real thing in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. You never look at it like guy in a costume. It's always, oh, there's Chewbacca, you know? And even if someone's in the room with you wearing the costume, like, there's Chewbacca, you know? I'm a little yeah. kid again. Yeah. Um, but um, anyway, sorry, I digress. The, was, he was very sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, those some of those stunts you're talking about were intense, too. Like, those are big jumps into a foam mouth with teeth and maybe some cardboard boxes. Oh, you know, they the stunt guys, they they couldn't wait to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to jump. <laughs> Better them than me. And nobody died, let's put it that way. This right. bruise. Yeah. I think this you know, what was it? The first guy in broke his leg. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. That's that's a tough one to be the second guy, you know. <laughs> um so, so we got- Carrie Fisher for the first time too at the at the Sam thing. Yeah, we saw her in a beautiful little costume. She was like tiny little thing. She was yeah. so cute. Yeah. Uh, that's outstanding though. That's a lot of fun. I I, I think um, I, I always am so impressed just by that set, the grandeur of it. What they built was really impressive there. Um, and and you know, so there you were doing the same thing, keeping people alive, keeping people dressed, getting guys in and out. It was. Um, we we actually got shut down for a couple of days because this dust storm came in. You couldn't see in front of your hands. It was really a, it's kind of like a Burning Man almost, right? Except it goes up and down. There's like it's a very hilly desert instead of flat. Mm. But yeah, that's uh, scary stuff. Um, so it wasn't warm. It was just time of year. It was not warm. Well, that's lucky uh, in the middle of the desert. Um, well, by the time we got to Yuma, Arizona, there was still snow on the ground. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> Crescent City. By the time we got to Crescent City, it was oh. still brown. And I was going to say, so is that next? Now you're in, you know, Ewok Land, right? Well, then, uh, then I got to be C-3PO's dresser and got sort of taken under the wing of the wardrobe department with Aggie Rogers' ladies, mm. uh, and uh, I washed. Tights. I wash all Anthony's tights. <laughs> Those wardrobe with, with the wires to, on them. Knew how to melt. Yes, knew how to melt the overtime. I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> Northern California was really great. It was cold, uh, but it was really beautiful. We're up in the woods and ferns everywhere, and uh, the Ewoks were having a great time. Yes, that's, I've heard that. Um, that that's great. I love the C three PO is another costume that is just you. You just always believe it's a robot. You never. It doesn't read fake. You know. It's. I, I mean, it must have been interesting getting him in and out of there. I know that's not the simplest costume to get in and out of. How how long does that take? You know, um, I guess the first edition took forever. The third, you know, by the time they got to this one, they had really streamlined the process to make it easier for him. So it was like sandwich, you know, you sandwich it in, close it off, you sandwich it in, you close it off. But there was a lot of open areas like elbows and knees where obviously he could move. So it was right. very well constructed. And, and again, the hat goes on last. Right. And yeah. So um, I was there to assist him, his personal needs, water, cup of tea. He was a very funny guy. <laughs> very, <laughs> very, 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 
very funny guy. And we used to play little jokes on him. I think it was really funny. I don't know. Oh. I can't remember what they were now. But it was, there was another uh, photographer there would just prank him all the time. It was so funny. Oh, no. So we always had a, a good laugh going on with Tony. You have to have some trust, you know, he's, he's got to have real trust in you. That's a costume where you're literally screwed into it, if I'm not mistaken, and pinned in. Like, he he is fully dependent on you. If he needs to get out of that mask, he's not doing it on his own, right? Well, that's true. That's true. But, you know, the closer, in some ways, the closer a mask is to your own mouth and eyes, right. the less uh, scary it is in a way, even though yeah. you're in it. If you're in a big piece, a big thing, you know, I've had dreams of falling in the water in a big thing and get out, I would drown, you know. Um, I had made a pelican costume once and I had to be on a boat with it. And like, I was always scared. What if I fall in the water? I'll never get out. Like hermetically sealed. But I think Tony, uh, it it had a lot of air to it, a lot of comfort zones. You know, I think Mm -hmm. he never complained about no, he never complained about it. I never heard him say, oh, this is terrible. I, it hurts or anything. They would take him out of it right away if he needed to. Yeah. Or stretch his back or something. You know, they, they're they so solicitous of the, the, the principles and how make it as easy for them and as comfortable for them. So some people might be claustrophobic. You know, some people can't wear these kinds of costumes. And some right. of us, you know, some of us don't mind being yeah. under the floor with our arm in the air for two hours. You know, Jeez. we don't. Yeah, yeah, you don't get a lot of uh, prima donna puppeteers, you know? There's not a lot of room for extra ego when you're tucked in a box underneath a table. That's his armpit, you know? (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. So uh, we talked about your dog, Bear. There's another bear, and it's listed on IMDb. You're listed as Bear in the movie Howard the Duck, and I have to ask about that. That was really fun. I uh, auditioned for a part in Howard the Duck, which I guess was not the most successful movie in the world. Not not the most. I'm I'm still getting residuals for that. I can't believe it. Every every month I get a, you know, $10, $5. (laughs) The audition entailed writing a 1950 Panhead Harley or whatever it was. So I had a friend who taught me how to ride a motorcycle. And I went to the audition. I got one end of the parking lot in the back and I strutted myself. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I got the part and it was really fun. I sent you a picture of it. So you can check it out on your, I sent you a It's like the most 80s looking makeup in the world. It was uh, really one day's work, but uh, a little claim to fame beyond, beyond Howard. I mean, it's sort of a memorable movie for its fame. Yeah. It's Howard. infamous, right? You know? <laughs> That's outstanding. Um, what's it like? So, I mean, you know, this is one of those things where I, it's it's amazing to me how much time has passed. So, you know, you guys, I'm, I'm going to, I'll fanboy for a minute here. I got to do what I do because I watched the making ofs and I saw people like you messing with foam carrying pig guard parts around and, yeah. you know, wearing costumes and that, I mean, you know, as a 10 and 12 year old kid made me go, okay, how do I reverse engineer what they're doing and do it here? And then doing it there led to me now, you know, doing this for my life. And, um, I owe you a great debt for, for helping turn me on to this stuff and for being an inspiration. Um, and I, you know, I think, 
it's amazing to me that how long ago this feels um, and how recent it feels for you. Is this something where it's like, oh, this was this feels like it was yesterday or is it like, oh, that feels like ages ago? You know, it feels very much like part of the fabric of who I am and what I've done. It doesn't feel like it's in the past and having you contact me and thank you, Phil, very much for allowing me to get some little credit working with Droopy McCool. But um, it just feels as part of the fabric of who I've been all along, creative and sticking my hand in puppets and I'm a a furball up to my ears and until recently i'm just you know you're laying on the floor looking up at the the tummy of a camel or something it's it's i've just laid in the dust and the pins and the dirt forever on one hand and on the other hand i get in these costumes whether it's a mermaid costume or something very glamorous or it's a hairball and I get to perform. So I always tell performers, you know, everybody wants to be a performer, but if you don't have a costume, you've got to have the costume. So it's like, if you want to be in the movies, don't wait for the audition, produce your own or do your own. Well, same thing with what I did. I just went out and, you know, I, I have hundreds and hundreds of costumes that I built since, since Lucasfilm yeah. that I for corporate, corporate entertainment, high-end events at uh, museums and mayors and some very high-end things in San Francisco, beautiful costumes, big headdresses and stilt walking and roller skating and wow. things for kids. And so I build all these costumes. So it seems like uh, Jedi is such a huge, um, I don't know, like a, just a huge accomplishment for me. Big st- when I tell people about it, their eyes just get wider and wider right. and wider. And then, then I have other things. I've been on the cover of National Geographic. I've done things for uh, the New York, uh, for San Francisco Opera and for the ballet and different, different. I'm proud of all the things I've done. But with um, with Jedi, you know, it's like I'm just a, a kid in a candy store. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I just walked into this kind of wide eyed, oh, I want to be a puppeteer. And next thing you know, you're up to your ears in glue. <laughs> and then, and then you're hosing off Ewoks and then you're dressing Tony, you know, and now how many years later I'm signing, people send me, you know, little, I send autographs for people and people have come to sign posters. And then this has been the most fun though, doing the Juby McCool because. Oh, thanks. And listening to the, uh, the other, the other artists talk about their time. They're like Judy's stories and everything just brought it back so vividly, the pizza, Friday pizzas and, (laughs) going to lunch and you know you get there in the morning and by the time you get out it's dark and it, it just brought back so many memories of um of doing that and you you're only working on one little tiny piece at a time mm. part of this big this big thing you know with my company i am the big thing i work on it i'm in it i'm doing it but with lucasfilm you're just a tiny little cog in the wheel that has grown and sustained and gone on all these years it's just amazing that people want an autograph of just the tech people in the background of the creature shop but now realize um how exciting that is to still hold that toy in your hand to hold that memory to uh be part of it to have been part of it and to share be able to share 
my experience with people, I love my favorite part of any movie is the making of it. I love to go to the making of it and see what's going on in the background, see the, the voiceover talent and how they put the makeup on. Uh, if you're that kind of person, some people just want the magic part. They don't want to know. They don't want to see what's behind the curtain. But you and I, we like to see what's behind the curtain. That's the real magic. You know, it's, <laughs> well, it's, oh. <laughs> otherwise, it's a documentary. You know, it's like, oh, someone pointed a camera at it and it just happened. It's like, no, it's a miracle that it happens. How did that happen? Show me, you know. Um, well, it was a long time ago, the state of the arts, those days. I mean, that was state of the art. What yeah. you saw special about the light and magic thing. Yes. It was a plus. I guess my face is in there a little bit. I'm very proud of myself. Yeah. It's fun. But I mean, they showed how it went from nobody was doing that. It was like, you know, you know, King Kong, like moving like that. then the first time I saw uh, what was it? One of those Pixar movies where the hair was you blow on the hair. And it looks so real. I couldn't believe it. I hadn't seen a cartoon like that ever. So, I mean, Disney, I mean, um, Lucasfilm and Disney, they've they've done these amazing things, too. Yeah. So it, yeah. it really yeah, it's it has come such a long way, and, but the 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 moments in time where there are leaps, you know, it's like that Pixar leap, and then there's like the Star Wars leap, and you got to be a part of that. Nobody, I mean, science fiction at that point was like you know that the, you know with the flying toaster on a string. <laughs> I love that the satire, <laughs> uh, a rocket ship on a string, right? Nobody, yeah. I'm not not quite that primitive, but really, you know, yeah. Um, what's it like? I mean, you, I, you might have kind of covered this already, but you know, going back to the droopy thing for a moment, um, which again, thank you for being a part of that edition. Like it's so, so great for us to, to bring the people who worked on the stuff into it. And for me, celebrate the stuff that I care about so much and that helped me get to where I am. Um, but what's, what's been really great is how many of our fans are the same kind of fans and are the same kind of people who love that behind the scenes and who love these people that contributed and, and love figuring out what people's contributions were and how this all happened. Um, how is it for you knowing that, you know, there are now going to be 200 people that get this little, you know, lump of a guy, uh, this great little sculpture with your signature plaque and that they want to put it in a place of reverence. They want it on a shelf. They want to look at it. Is that, what, what does that do for you? Well, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's so amazing. When I first walked into the monster shop, those maquettes were sitting on a shelf yeah, row after row of that. And I didn't even know what they were there for, what they were. And every week Phil, like people were saying, Phil would take them to George, pick that one, pick that one, you know, and bring it back. No, pick that one, pick that one. And there was Droopy. He was so cute. And they picked that one. Now, the the Monster Boys, they did most of the work on that costume. I just skinned it. I did my contribution. But the actual sculpting of it, the creation of the design from the art direction, uh, George picking it, Bill bringing it back, allocating who was going to sculpt it, who was going to build up the foam, how are we going to get somebody inside it? That was all part of a massive teamwork to make that happen. And I got to do my little part, you know, kind of go from toe to head and put all the glump on it, get all the 
peel the glue off, you know, and work with the Shram foam. So, but, and then it was just a whole fun day of listening to music with my Yoda hat and, you know, (laughs) get into it. You just, here's another piece. And then you go home and you got one leg done and you come back and maybe you got a hand done. You come back and you got the butt done. You big, he had these really cute. (laughs) (laughs) And then watch the guys spray them. They had this big wall of uh, respirator where the air would just suck all the, mm. the chemicals out of the room. And they were airbrushing them. And I mean, you know, Phil was a master painter. There were a couple of painter people there. And then you watch it all get painted and they'd put the eyes in and it would come to life. It was really magical. And so Droopy was such a, everybody loved him. He was such a great big old, big fat baby, you know, a little Buddha baby. So he's he's really he's one of my favorites, of course. <laughs> nice. And now you know all this all these years later, everybody gets that little Buddha baby on their shelf with your signature, and and a little piece of your history of Star Wars history all yeah. together. Um, I'm yeah. I'm excited to. I mean, I've just I've got mine on the shelf already because we've already. I've got you know I always get the first one when we do the paint masters. I'm like, okay, mine, you know, right on the shelf. Um, yeah. I, you know, this is now, uh, I, 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 there's a question I often ask, which is, do creatives ever retire? And I feel like I don't even need to ask you that question, because just from talking to you, I can tell this is never going to stop for you, is it? Uh, I'm somewhat retired. I'm kind of thinking, well, what, what, is there a new chapter for me? Is there something that's going to capture my ima- imagination other than, uh, gardening and <laughs> I do a lot of labor I do yoga and dance and stuff but I am working on this film project for kids uh it's not it's underdeveloped at this point but we made these puppets for this amazing uh, project called beneath the dragonwood trees and I, I I'm helping produce it I'm the caterer I'm the makeup artist I'm the prop I my apple boxes i bring my scissors and scotch tape and needle and thread but i also made um i made two of these amazing puppets with brian turner now brian turner was a creature technician we haven't talked about him too much he was genius this guy could fix anything do anything he was mostly with uh skiff in the um zip excuse me Stuart zip in the uh the mechanical room where they were doing all the oh yeah metal i never even walked i didn't never even went in that was a whole mystery that room i never you know i'm doing the soft squishy stuff there was sawn metal and screw together and pig guard fingers were broken oh that was so funny <laughs> but anyway so but so brian and i teamed up after uh after jedi and um we had a very successful very successful costume design mascots puppet career until he passed away uh, a few years ago but we made these two puppets for this uh, Beneath the Dragonwood Trees program. So, and you, I'm going to show you one in a minute. It's just, so oh. you do, I don't know, I'm, I'm not making any money doing this. In fact, I'm losing, <laughs> but, Maybe, but I, yeah. a lot of fun with this. Maybe, I guess, retire is the wrong word. What is it like, do creatives ever stop? And I don't, th- I, I don't know that, I, I don't know that they do. I feel like they just. Uh, you know constantly and this guy's amazing i can see already (laughs) so this is about this puppet it's a full body puppet which you don't normally get normally you get a half puppet yeah but the 
body puppet so he can do anything he wants. And I did him so he has a lot of the motion. Once again, is he alive? I'm alive. Look <laughs> <laughs> at uh, those flies. Yeah. <laughs> That's Brian Turner. Brian Turner did this. That's outstanding. I love it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. that's one of the projects I'm working on. This puppet, dance, ballet, children's um, fairy tale kind of a thing. So that's, so that's super cool. It's, it's it's a kind of pro bono. Been working on it for a few years, but it takes a lot of money to put a film together. It really does. Oh yeah. Uh, no, that's he's amazing. I love the eyes. I love the depth to them, and the eye mechanism is just life. You know that's that the the hardest part always. But yeah, and I, I assume that's that's an internal control, like one of those little little, little ring to to make the guy uh, blink and and move. Is that yeah, that's you your right hand like this? But then you've got one finger going across the top. Okay, and it's yeah, like pulls back. Yeah, so. very cool. So, Ryan Turner, you'll see his name on the credits, and um, that guy could do proportions and patterns, and you know, we had a lot of fun together many years. Yeah, seems like. I, I'm so glad. Thank you for, you know, one, not just you know sitting down and having this chat and sharing all your stories, um, but two, for bringing so many props and pieces to it. I think you have definitely... You you have now surpassed everybody else's in terms of number of props and puppets and things that they brought. I'm going to be, if I ever get, I, I got to do one with, I don't think we've ever done with Kirk Thatcher. If we ever do, I'm going to tell him, like, the bar is pretty high now. Like, you're going to have to bring a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but I, I'll just, you know, I think this is a great place to wrap it up. Thank you so much for sitting down. I'm uh, looking for yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll have yours out very soon, actually. And thank you for being a part of this edition, for sharing your stories with the fans who are going to bring this this droopy home. And um, I, I just I wish you the absolute best. Thank you, Tom. Good luck. <laughs>